0: Luke chapter 8, let us stand. Verse number 49. While he yet spake, there come one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him and saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. We ask you, to, Lord, touch our hearts, lift us up and encourage us. And Father, we just ask you to empty yourself and fill me with thy spirit. You know what we need. You know what everyone here this morning needs in their life, Lord. I pray that you minister to that need in their hearts and minds, Lord. And We just praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Like I said, I wish I could preach the whole chapter, but I ain't. Uh, uh, Here in Luke chapter 8, we see the Lord Jesus Christ is depicted in several different ways. Uh, We see him in verses 5 through 8. He is the sower. He's sower of the good seeds of God. Uh, There ain't never been a sower like the Jesus. The devil comes by and sows uh, bad seeds. The devil comes by and sows confusion and, and discord. The devil will ruin the hearts and lives of men and women of the day. But when the devil is done with the fields, he leaves them all uh, destruction and, and destiny behind. He leaves discouragement and depressions behind. But when Jesus comes by, he takes that fallow ground and those fields that years of sin has wrecked and ravished uh, and ruined the uh, fields of the life can come by and sink good plowed uh, good seeds deep down in and that in your life you can bring forth fruit that brings glory to God. Produce something that's glorifying God. How many of you this morning can remember when the fields that you had in your life were messed up? It was grown over with sin, but they are set here, sitting here this morning, uh, you're, 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 you're here in church, you've got a King James Bible in your hand, uh, and, and you're worshiping, praising God. Because Jesus came by, because Jesus came by and washed your sins away. He put the good seed in your life. Now you're glorifying Him. We also see Him as the storm comer. Verse 22 through 25. We see the disciples are on the sea and Jesus said, let us go unto the other side. While they were sailing, Jesus went to the uh, the ship and, and fell asleep on a pillow. And then the storm raised and the, uh, uh, the wind started blowing and the waves got to rocking and the ship was uh, filling with water. And they go to him, Master, cares not that we perish. Of course he does he cares about you he loves you this morning there's no doubt about that but jesus stood on the bow of the ship and spoke and the waves calmed down the seas calmed down the wind calmed down peace be still I guess this one, I guess is the best from verse 26 through 56. We see him as the Savior. He's the Savior of our lives, of our souls. He's the Savior of men, women, boys, girls. The Bible said he came into this house. There was a doctor that come up into the lives of these three individuals in chapter 8. We find that in verses 26 through 56, three individuals that have cases needing something more than anybody could do, more than any doctor can do, more than any psychologist can do. They needed something more than what anybody can do in their life. They needed help. And there's no doctor like Jesus. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to heal the broken heart. There's never been a doctor like Jesus. Doctors can give you a pill to try to help you. They can give you medicine to try to help you. They they can get into your mind and try to help you. Or you can run down to your local bar and, and drink your feelings away or you can get down in the bottom of a pill bottle and soak your problems away but the problems keep coming back, keep coming back. There's no doctor like Jesus because when he gets through with you, your problems are erased and gone forever. There's no doctor like Jesus. No doctor can give his blood to, uh, to help you out. No doctor can take a dead body and raise it again. No doctor can take eyes that have never seen and give it sight again. No doctor can take legs that have never walked and make them walk again. But Jesus comes on the scene. He gives the blinded eyes back to them and the lame can walk again. There is no doctor like Jesus this morning. I don't know if you know what I'm preaching about this morning. <laughs> the doctor's in the house. <laughs> the doctor's in the house. Yeah, I don't care what you're needing this morning. But if you are needing something, God will pour out His Holy Spirit in your life and minister to that which you got going on in your life uh, and help you in your life this morning. He heals the hearts. He changes life. He makes different than what you are today. I wonder if you know the doctors in the house this morning. There's nobody like him. I, I want to show you three things about these three characters in, in chapter eight. I, I want you to get a hold of it because I, I believe that every one of us could fit in one of the two, three categories that we see here. We first of all we see the conditions in verse twenty-six through twenty-nine. This man is changed by the devil. And if you look at these uh, three different types of condition, yet every one of them is equally hopeless. Even though they're in different areas, different people. One is a man, one is a woman, one is a child. But they all are hopeless and helpless cases in their life. This man that is chained up by the devil. And chained up by sin. The Bible said that he abode in the tombs. Uh, the Bible said that uh, he ran around naked. Uh, if you run around naked, you are full of the devil. You say, well, I only run around half naked. Then you're half full of that devil. Amen. Amen. The man lives in the tombs. There's something wrong with somebody that wants to. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know she would be here this morning. <laughs> There's something wrong with somebody that wants to hang out with dead people. Amen. Yeah. There, got, there got to be something wrong with you there. <laughs> Amen. I, I don't like going to the funeral homes. I have to, uh, but I don't like to go there, but I have to. Now, have you ever noticed when you go to a funeral home, Robert God says, You're not disturbing them. They're dead. You can talk loud if you want to. But I've been into some churches they do the same exact thing. We're so glad you're here. We're welcome. Hey, I I belong to the Church of the Living God, not the Dead God. He He's a He a, He rose me up. I'm no longer dead. I, I'm quickened and made alive again. I'm not going to a dead church. Yeah, man. This man lived among the dead this morning. Do you realize that all the world has to offer you this morning is bondage? It's all it has to offer you is bondage. That was the solution this morning. Let, let him chain him up. The only thing that uh, the world has to offer you to a sinner is chains this morning. That's the only thing the world can offer you a Christian this morning is bondage this morning. There are some of you that are sitting in, uh, in you know, sitting right here and there's areas in your life that the devil has bonded you up in and the devil has chained you up in some area of your life. If we all can look deep down in your souls, we can see some areas in your life that the devil has chained up in your life and you're looking to get broken from the change. You're looking to get unbroken from the bonds and the only one that can help you is the doctors in the house. This man is in a hopeless condition. I can see my mind's eyes, the towns of the gatherings. The sun is starting to set and it's starting to get dark. And they're starting to lay their children down to bed and cover them up. And and then you hear the screams coming from the tombs. Oh, somebody help me. The whole town will go quiet. Here's this man up in the tombs running around yelling. And they could look up and see him on the hill and seeing the changer hanging from his wrist and seeing blood drip down because the Bible says he's cutting himself. This man has a hopeless situation. His condition is helpless. The cries go out. And there's no one to help him. Maybe you here this morning. There's some bondage in your life, and you're looking for help. The devil has you changed up in some area in your life, and you're looking to be raking them changes. We see this woman. She's crippled by disease in verse 43. Bible said that she had an issue of blood for 12 years. Daily she loses her health. Nobody can stop the flow of blood. She's getting weak. She's getting pale. She's, she spent all her, her wealth. She spent all her money on doctors trying to find something to, to help her out. She can't even go out of her house. She cannot fellowship with God's people. She can't go to the house of God. You cannot walk up and touch her and she cannot walk up and touch you. If you read the Old Testament, it says if it's a blood issue, then she's unclean. If you touch her, then you're unclean. She has to be separated from her family, her friends, her loved ones. She has to be separated. Can I tell you that's what sin does to you this morning? Sin will cripple you. It will separate you from God. Sin will separate you from the house of God. Sin will separate you from the people of God. Sin will separate you from your friends. Sin will separate you from your family and from the ones that you love the most. Some of you are sitting here this morning and it's just as crippled up as this woman is with her issue of blood. Crippled, hopeless. The Bible says she spent all her living, everything, trying to find somebody that will help her. She's a shell of a woman. She's no longer the woman she used to be because this disease had taken a hold of her. Can I tell you sin will do the exact same thing? You, if you get dead into sin, you're no longer the same person that you was before sin, amen? Sin changes you. Sin makes you look different. Sin ravishes the body. And that's what happened to this woman. Sin, crippled, disease, chained by the devil, Then we see this 12-year-old girl that's conquered by death. Talk about a hopeless condition. Maybe somebody could do something or help this man in the tombs. Maybe somebody could do something about this woman with her issue being crippled by disease. There's nobody can do anything with a dead person once you're dead you're dead And as far as i know i don't believe they have come up with a cure to help those that have died you're dead i I don't know about you but looking at this 12 year old girl it it, kind of hits real hard What, what a tragedy, 12 year old girl. You, you hear about child child dying. The people that live to be 80 and 90 years old, when they pass away, you say, well, they, they lived a good long life, and, and it's kind of expected for them to, to pass away at that later e- years in life. But when somebody that's 12 years old and you hear that they pass away, that, that is a tragedy. I don't know if you've ever been through that, if you ever had someone close like that, but I know what it's like. I know exactly what it's like when a young child passes away. It's a tragedy. This girl's lying in a bed, and mom and dad have been around her trying to help her. Doctors can't do nothing for her. She's in a hopeless situation. Her condition is helpless. Mom and daddy was laying around the bed holding her hands and, and praying asking God to touch her. Do something as she draws her last breath and she dies. The mother cries and wails. The father hangs his head. We see the condition of these people. We, we see the contrast of these people. It's interesting to me One is a man, one is a woman, and one is a child. You know what that tells me? It doesn't matter if you're an adult. It doesn't matter if you're a child. It doesn't matter if you're a man. It doesn't matter if you're a woman. If you're not saved by the grace of God, you are chained by the devil, crippled by disease, and conquered by death this morning. You say, well, uh, my parents are good people. What's that got to do with you and God? Well, I, 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 I've been a good person. Well, what's that got to do with you and God? Well, I come to this church. What does that got to do with you and God? Until you get that personal contact with God, Thank you. you're lost and undone. What a contrast when you look at these lives of these pictures. They're pictures of sin will do. Sin ain't no joy ride this morning. Sin will thrill you. Sin will chill you. But then sin will kill you. Graveyard dead this morning. The Bible said you have been quickened. You were dead in trespasses and sins if you're sitting here this morning and and you cannot remember the day that you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and and He's forgiven you of your sins then you're chained by the devil in your sins this morning and you're conquered by death. He's got you bound up, changed up. Oh, Oh, the devil paints a real good picture of sin. It makes it look real good out there. But the devil will never take you to the end and show you the results of a sin in your life. Back in 1943, during the Nazi run in Europe, in Paris they brought train loads of trains into Paris. They're rounding up the Jews. They're trying to annihilate them, trying to get rid of this race, and they almost did Trying to get rid of all these people. But they knew they couldn't do it a hard way. So they they made it simple for them. They brought trains in that had on the side written, charitable, charitable relocation program. And they say, hey, we're not trying to, we're not trying to kid you. We just want to move you to another place. And they thought, well, that's not bad. A charitable relocation. So they packed the men on the train standing up, so packed. And then when they opened the doors, when they got to the concentration camp, they realized they went from a life to a living hell. So that's what the devil will do to you. He will make sin look so good to you in your life. Well, I, that looks so good. There's pleasure in sin. The Bible says for a season, but the seasons are always short. The devil will never tell you the end results of your sins in your life this morning. You say, "Well, I've handled my sin pretty good." Let me just say this. You think you handle your sin real good. You think you got <laughs> You think you have control over your sin, but you don't really got control. The devil's got you chained. The devil's got you fooled, thinking, hey, your sins is not going to hurt you, but sin will kill you. Thank you. What a contrast. If you cannot remember the day that you trusted Jesus in your life as your Savior, you're chained by the devil. You can't get rid of your sins on your own. It has you bound up, chained down. The picture has been painted and you fell in for the trap, sin. We see the conditions, we see the contrast in these three people's lives. Can I tell you I'm glad there is a cure? There's a cure this morning. Different conditions in the stories, yes. Different contrasts, yes. Man, woman, child. But there's no different cure. The same cure that was good for the deranged man was good for the diseased woman. And the same cure that was good for the diseased woman is good for the dead child. Here we see Jesus comes along. And when he comes along, he makes a difference in people's lives this morning. Reformation will not make a difference in your life. Trying to uh, uh, get religion will not make a difference in your life. I'll tell you what makes a difference in your life. That is Jesus Christ this morning. Can Jesus do something for these hopeless cases? Can Jesus do something with this somebody that's crippled by disease, chained by the devil, conquered by death? I mean, could he possibly come and by and do something in these people's lives? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Yep. The man was possessed by the devil. Now, we read just, we read just before that, if you read the chapter... The disciples were on the scene, the waves start rocking and the winds start blowing and everything. They just say, hey, See, my mind, I, I, in order to me to really get a hold of this stuff, I, I picture in my mind these scenes going on. That's just how crazy I am. But I, I get this in my mind. I get to thinking about it. That they're out in the sea uh, and everything's going bad. And, they, and and I think this man that's chained uh, bound by the devil is standing on the hillside in this storm and he's looking down at this little ship that's being tossed and turned and thrown in the sea. He's looking at him, saying, Them boys ain't going to make it. Something's going to happen here. And about all of a sudden he sees this man steps out on the bow and then he sees him start saying something, and then he sees all of a sudden the sea just quietens down. The wind stop blowing. And in my mind I see that man saying, Well, if he can do that, if he could do that, maybe. Just maybe, just maybe, what nobody else could do, what nobody else could help, uh, they couldn't even bind him up. Uh, They chained him up and put him up in the tombs. uh, They just want to forget about him. But he's looking at this and saying, hey, maybe that man right there can help me. If he speaks peace to the storm, maybe he can speak peace to the storm in my life. He comes to him. This man had a head-on collision with Jesus, and he knocked the devil out of him. Amen. He had a head-on hit with Jesus he possessed. When Jesus stepped on the shore, they lowered the game plank. He was making a house call to the tombs. When he saw this man, he cried out and he fell before him. He is the only refuge. He saw his only hope. He had a head-on collision with Jesus. This man was naked. But when everybody came by and see him, he was clothed. This man was crazy. But when they came by, he was in his right mind. This man ran, about, ran around. Nobody controlled him, but here he sits quietly. And I see the people coming up to him. Hey, ain't you the one that was in the tombs? Yeah, that was me. Yeah. You were naked. Yeah. Where'd you get them clothes? <laughs> yeah. He gave them to me. <laughs> yeah. Hey. You're, 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 you used to run around. Nobody could do anything with you. And you're sitting here by the fire, quiet. What happened? He touched me. Hey, yeah. you, you, cra- you were crazy. And here you're in your right mind. What happened? He gave me peace. Well, glory. <laughs> Amen. Hey, man. See, that's how I look at things, this is the way I see things. And, 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 and I, I, believe, I don't really know how it went down. This is just my ideology. This is my thought. This is my thing. It's just what I believe. But I, I look at it this way. When you start reading the Bible and you see what Jesus does, you make, when you read it, make it as hard as possible for you to accept whatever any man can do. And then watch Jesus do with the impossible. Here's a man that, hey, nobody could do anything with. Nobody could touch him. They bound him up. They they broke the bounds. They broke the chains. Nobody can do anything. And all of a sudden, he meets the man that had a cure for him. Can I tell you this morning? He's here he's looking for those that's got sickness he's looking for those that's got chains and bounds up in their life and he says I'm here all you got to do is come here I'll break the change I'll get you unbound I'll put peace in your life where you have never had peace before all you got to do is come to me this man ran to Jesus and fell at his feet amen. amen we see the cure for this woman was crippled by disease here again, that's the way I'm thinking. She's sitting in her house all by herself. Nobody can come around. She spent all that she had, and she says, it's a hopeless situation. I have a helpless condition. Nobody's going to help me. Nobody can help me. i, I I'm through. I'm through about that time her doors kicked in bam this young guy runs over and says, hey i know somebody that might help you and help you in your condition he says hey, wait a minute wait a minute aren't you the one that was laying by the gate <laughs> aren't you the one that could not walk <laughs> how did you get up the steps i met this man he said he was a son of god well glory he said, "Will thou be made whole? I said, yeah. He said, you want to walk again? <laughs> yeah. He touched me. I got up. And I'm telling you, if he did that for me, he can do that for you. I see this woman getting excited in her mind. Say, hey, if he could take somebody that's been crippled for all those years and change that and make them walk again, I think maybe he can just help me. I see her go out the door and she's looking for him. Then she sees this crowd of people thrown around him. She's trying to bust through, trying to get through. All I got to do is get to him. But they push him back, pushing up. But she finally breaks through and she leans forward and touches him of his garment. <laughs> now, she touched his garment. It wasn't a 12-step program. It wasn't like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll work on your condition for the next couple of weeks and hope you get it right. When she touched the hem of his garment, it was immediately, Amen. immediately, Amen. all that blood issues she had going on was gone. Amen. Just because she touched the hem of his garment. Amen. The disease that have kept her bound up, disease that has separated her from a family. Everything she done, she done spend her life savings, her life money, all her worth is gone, but yet she touched the hem of his garment and everything changed. Amen. Can I tell you if you got something going on in your life, all you need to do is come out, and let him touch you. He'll get rid of it. Amen. We see this deranged man get his right mind back. See this woman that has a crippling disease get healed. I I can tell you, I know exactly how she feels. I was going through the same thing. I was facing some things. I was in church and he was preaching. I didn't want Jesus. I didn't want no part of Him. I just want the church, cause if somebody asked me, I was doing out a favor for them. I was doing them a favor by present the church with my blessing. God got the, preacher got the preaching on Jesus and sin. I was heading to hell. It hit me. It hit me i got down when they, when they stood up and started singing that altar call my hands gripped the back of the pew and i was trying to hold on as tight as i could but somebody reached out and touched me yeah. reached out and touched me I, I came down to the altar i said lord i, I don't know what's going on i, I don't know how it's happening I don't know nothing about salvation, but I know that when he touched me, I got it right then and there. My life was washed clean. My sins were gone. He touched me. I didn't have to go through classes to get it. Immediately, instantaneously, bam, I got it. That's what happened to her. She got it just like that. Just like that. Then we see this little girl that's conquered by death. Jesus walks into the house. They're crying. They're weeping. They're torn up by the frame. This little girl is dead. Jesus walks in and sends everybody back out except the mother and father. He takes Peter, James, and John in with him. And all he did was kneel down and grab her little hand, made a rise. It didn't take a trip to the doctor to get some kind of medicine to make her better. It was inst- instantly. You know, Jesus can change your life in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. I know Jesus can heal this morning. I know Jesus can make you whole again. I know Jesus can put families back together that are broken. And all you need is Jesus. We all need Jesus this morning. The story of disease of, uh, 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 I read about black diphtheria in France years ago. And I don't know if you know this man or not, Louis Pasteur. It, it was killing, this blackness theory was killing kids left and right. And they was trying to figure out a cure, trying to find something to, to get us cured. So, and they, they he said, I, I think I can find it. And they said, you can't, you're crazy. They run him out of town. So what he did, he went and bought 20 of the best horses he could find. And what he did, he injected them all with this Disease. And he started noticing the horses starting to get frail. Stop drinking water. They stop eating. But he's looking for one that could overcome. And then he started noticing, noticing the horses start dying. Dying. Got down to the last one, and that horse looked like it was on his deathbed. And he realized, he says, I, 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 I'm a failure. I can't finish this. I can't do this. Then his nurses came in and said, Doctor, doctor, come in. Look, look. The horses done start drinking. The horse done start eating. The horse got strong again. So he took the blood of the horse, drew it from his veins, put medicine in it, and ran down to Paris. The hospital where all those kids were in dying and it started injecting them with this medicine that came from the horse and they start getting better and better. Finally they were healed. Can I tell you 2,000 years ago man couldn't help himself. Man couldn't do nothing for himself. Your good works was not good enough. Your religion was not good enough. God killed a lamb for you on the old rugged cross. Psalm says there's a fountain filled with the blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunged beneath that blood and leaves all guilty stains. Can I tell you this morning, the cure is available for you, whatever you've got going on in your life. Thank you, Lord. you may be bound up by sin somewhere in your life. The cure is here. You may have a sickness going on in your life. The cure is here. And if you're lost and undone, you're conquered by death. The cure is here this morning. Thank you, Lord.